Wait for everyone to get their seat. Well, a priest by the name of Mike rushes into a dentist's office accompanied by his wife. Mike pleads to the dentist, Dr. McClary, I'm in a big hurry. I have two Carolina fans sitting out in my car and we're waiting for us to go home and watch the Carolina football game. I've got no time to lose. It's almost kickoff. So, Doc, I want you to forget about the anesthetics and just pull the tooth and be done with it. Dr. McClary thought to himself, he said, this sure is one devout fan and one strong patient asking to have his tooth pulled without anything to kill the pain, all for the love of the game. So after a close consideration, Dr. McClary asked him, he said, well, Mike, which tooth do I need to pull? Mike turned to his wife, Ellen, and said, open your mouth, honey, and show him your aching tooth. Well, for you, those. Okay, the next speaker now, come on. <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm Christopher Kennedy, better known as Chris. I'm um, a senior at Somerville High School. I'm 18 years old, and I am the oldest of my mother and father, R- Renee and Tim Kennedy, who are sitting back in the back. Um, I also have a brother who's in 11th grade. His name's Matthew. He's in the youth here, and I have a sister whose name is Elizabeth, and she's in 7th grade. And she also goes to youth here. Well, as I'm sure all of you have seen, our, um, our theme this year is um, the ultimate sacrifice. You know, um, sacrifice is kind of a, a big and scary word, but it's an important word in the Bible. So um, we look at basically a basic definition as to what sacrifice is. Sacrifice, basically, in a definition, is to give something away for a purpose greater than yourself. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of a hard concept, and I know for me it's a hard concept. But for something that's mentioned over 200 times in the Bible, it's probably pretty important. When we look at Old Testament sacrifices, the first sacrifice we actually see in Genesis chapter 4 with um, Cain and Abel. And we know that didn't go out and go over too well, but um, that's not the point. It's the point that it's there. Um, we keep seeing it, and we see it, and it keeps progressing And eventually we see it in Abraham and Isaac, and Abraham willing to sacrifice Isaac, all for the Lord. But of course we know the Lord provided at the end of that. And it keeps going out throughout the Old Testament. We see eventually in the the establishment of a system of sacrifices in the temple. Basically we can see throughout this, sacrifice really is a theme in the Old Testament. And um, something that's interesting in between the Old and the New Testament is that in the Old Testament, it seems that we're always trying to sacrifice, to elevate us to a level that God can stand us, basically. We see in the New Testament, which is kind of this ultimate sacrifice, is we see God, who is Christ, the Lord, you know, Jesus, the owner of everything, and he has all the marbles and the creator. He willingly comes down for us. That is, that is a spectacular thought. Just to think that, you know, the Lord and creator of everything loves us enough, not even before we even get to the cross, he loves us enough to set aside being God, to set aside being up in heaven, to give all of that up to come down for us. One of my favorite verses, and one that um, describes this really well, is actually Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8. It says, Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. You know, that is, that's spectacular. 
We want to really think about that. You know, that's, that's God who, you know, is creator and created all of us and, you know, the trillions of humans there are. He coming down out of a love great enough, you know, that only if one person, that one person who loved him, or, sorry, he loved enough that he would come down for one person. So as we know, not only did he come down, but he also lived a life as a man and went through the regular torments that we all go through today. Well, eventually, as the scriptures say, it was led up to, um, to the cross. And Christ willingly went to the cross. And we see that actually in our gospel this morning. We see in John chapter 10, verse 18, it says, No one takes it, or Christ says, No one takes it, my life from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. So that shows that Christ, who's God, willingly came down, set aside his roles as God, and gave his life up, his life up for all of us, all because he loves us. When I look at that, that I mean that is that is the ultimate sacrifice. That is that is, you know, there is no sacrifice that is greater in history. So in light of that, when I look at my own sacrifices, you know, they're not really sacrifices at all, are they? And when I look at um, what Christ has done for me, I can never repay that debt. I, it's just impossible. So when I look at Christ's sacrifices, when I compare them, you know, there's nothing I can do to sort of repay them if I look at them as, a, as repaying it. And I don't look at it in a different light. This um, last year, as I'm sure some of you are aware, I went to Honduras and um, at first, you know, I was kind of excited about going to Honduras, and it looked like it was going to be great and a lot of fun. And then, after going to a few meetings, I realized it was the first week out of my summer. And I've just been in school for, you know, what seems like an eternity. And I finally get out, and I'm going to have to go down and build concrete and whatnot. So, to say I was not that excited about that would be, it'd be true. Well, um, I went and, you know, I did what the Christian thing would be to do, and I went and I prayed about it. And um, after praying about it, I, um, you know, I was like, Lord, you know, give me the heart to want to go down to Honduras. And sure enough, you know, I thought nothing happened. And I got up and I went to walk downstairs. And right as I got up and went, I remember hearing Christ saying, I loved you enough to die for you. And, you know, a lot of, when, when I say that, I know a lot of people think, well, he just got guilt tripped into going to Honduras. But, you know, when it sounds like that, but to me, that isn't exactly what crossed my mind. When I heard that Christ loved me enough to die for me, instead of thinking that, you know, I should do it because it's the Christian thing, I thought, he has poured so much love into me to give up everything to be of God, to come down here for us. If he's given that much up for me and he's filled me so much with this love and grace that he has, how can I not want to take that grace and just show everybody else how, how much that love is? I can't express to any of y'all here, unless you experience it for yourself, how amazing and miraculous that love is. So needless to say, my mind was changed on how I was going to go to Honduras. And instead of looking at it as, well, I'm going to have to give up my time, which was silly, I started looking at it as an opportunity to demonstrate to everyone down in Honduras how much I truly love the Lord because he loved me first. So, a lot of people, when they truly act and they truly sacrifice out of love, you know, that is when we really see the world changed. 
There's some great examples of that. We see like Susie McCall, actually, the person who started the Lamb Institute down in Honduras. She had a great sacrifice, and she went down there just to change the lives of a couple kids down there. But her ministry and her love of sacrificing for those kids has grown to levels that I expect she would never have believed. She not only has impacted thousands of kids down in Honduras, but she's also impacted thousands of kids who've gone down on mission trips down to Honduras, just like myself. So when I think that we see examples in areas of our life that we can give out and we can show that, you know, we're Christians, instead of looking at it as an opportunity to pay back a debt or just out of the Christian thing to do, I think we should look at it as kind of a love thing to do. So basically in um, John, 1 John, which is the letter, not the gospel, um, chapter 4, verse 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. And how true is that verse? That we all, we can love others because if we really understand the love of Christ, it makes it so much easier for us to love. So this Lent, when we're giving things up, or so we think we're giving things up, I pray that we look at that instead of as an opportunity to sacrifice, to pay back a debt or sacrifice because it's the right thing to do, that we look at that sacrifice as an opportunity to sacrifice for the name of Christ. And we don't look at it as an obligation or as the Christian thing to do, but because we remember what Christ sacrificed for us and how much he loves us. And we want to live a life in which we can do everything we can to show that love and help others know that love. So I pray that when we look at our sacrifices, we don't look at them as sacrifices at all, but instead we look at them as opportunities to demonstrate the love of Christ. And that's it for me. Good morning. My name is Langston Jones. I'm a senior at Somerville High School, and I have two younger brothers, Carson, who's a sophomore, and Grayson's a freshman, and my parents are Tim and Beth Jones. Um, St. Paul's has been my church for the past seven years, and I've been here pretty much every Sunday and Wednesday because I love it, and it's had a huge impact on my relationship with Christ and has helped me grow immensely. Oh. I'm not much of a public speaker, so this is a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I'm really glad to have this opportunity to come and um, kind of give back, and it's not a sacrifice because I'm excited about, I'm excited about doing it, but um, just to talk a little bit about the um, theme of sacrifice and ultimate sacrifice. We can't earn this sacrifice. Jesus died on the cross and took all of our sins away so that we could spend eternity with him, and we can't earn that. No amount of good deeds can bring us up to his level of perfection, but his grace um, enables us to take his free gift and be in God's presence and worship him. The fact that we can't earn God's grace doesn't mean we shouldn't do good things, doesn't mean we should continue living in sin. In Romans 6.1, Paul writes, should we continue living in sin so that grace might increase? By no means. So we should... Why take advantage? We shouldn't take advantage of God's grace. We shouldn't, well, oh, he'll forgive me, so I'll just do this and I'll get, a, I'll get by. But um, we should do the right thing. We should not sin. We should praise God and glorify him 
because we're thankful and that's all we, we, all we can be is be thankful. So I looked at the definition of the word sacrifice and it seemed the de- dictionary definition to me seemed kind of negative. It was giving up something valued and offering to God an expense or detriment. But uh, I think the Christian concept of sacrifice goes deeper than that and describes giving up something valuable, yes, but to gain something that's in, um, infinitely more valuable, meaning giving up our sinful lives under our own control and living for Christ so that we can have eternal life. Jesus died on the cross and gave up, his, gave up eternity with God and ultimate power and glory and perfect harmony with God the Father and the Holy Spirit so that he could come to earth and become a man, be subject to pain and suffering, and even die on a cross to be executed in the most awful way possible just so that we could know him better. So, it, I mean, it's been said that it's impossible to outgive God, and that's obviously true. I mean, he sent his only son to die on the cross for us that we, completely undeserving, could be, um, be forever with him in heaven. So I think that any sacrifice of us, like Chris said, is not really any sacrifice at all because you can't outgive God and giving up anything on our part we get more than we give, which is kind of a cliche saying, but it's definitely true, I've found. So, like, an example, if you, um, if you like to watch TV shows such as MASH, and you watch it every day, and you love it, th- um, to think about giving it up would be, well, I like it. There's nothing that really I enjoy better than sitting down and relaxing and watching some MASH. But, <laughs> but just to think, if you were to take the time and instead spend it reading the Bible and praying and getting to know God better, then your relationship with Him will grow. And I don't think there's anything more valuable than a full and close relationship with Jesus. So um, kind of a more personal example of how the sacrifice of time to and reorientation of focus. Um, we have a Sunday night Bible study called Bible Quest that's youth-led. And it's, I mean, it's, uh, High school schedules are really busy, and there's not too much time for um, fitting in extra things. But to make the time every week deliberately to have a Bible study, it's really helped. I don't mean to speak for everyone else in the Bible study, but I can definitely tell looking at my group of friends and looking at myself that I'm not the same person I was freshman year before we started, and I'm certainly glad of that. It's matured me a lot as a Christian and has helped my leadership and to be comfortable enough to be up here and speak, but to um, also increase the amount, how much I care and that my weekly sacrifice of two hours or so has brought me so much further from just sitting and listening to wanting to teach other people about Christ and to reach out as much as I can is pretty amazing when I look back on it. In Luke 9.23, Jesus said to those around him, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. So this idea of taking up your cross and following Jesus isn't like, here's the cross, this is exactly what you have to do to be a Christian, and this is how you're supposed to live your life. It's not a cookie cutter. But to, you should everyone find their calling and glorify God, because that's what we're built to do is to glorify and worship God. And that can either take the form of, like, huge fame and immense influence, such as 
people like Billy Graham, the great evangelist, or Tim Keller, the pastor, or C.S. Lewis, the author of children's books and works like Mere Christianity. Um, but also in like daily, just daily activities such as going to school, which we, we as students spend almost all of our time either talking about or working on, or like going to the grocery store, just interactions with random strangers or friends you see. So you don't have to um, go to Africa or Honduras or Haiti to be a Christian, but you do have to sacrifice, even though it's not near what the ultimate sacrifice Jesus made is. Um, A couple of simple things that I know that I try to do and that are really, I've seen, make a huge impact on how you're able to reach others is like controlling vocabulary and interactions with others and places you go. Like not just flipping out on people and losing control and cursing them out when you get angry, but um, just to stop and think about how insignificant something is when compared with your rela- what your relationship could be if you treated them like Christ and instead of getting mad, prayed and cared about them. So, to um, Jesus says that we'll be persecuted for his sake if we love him. So I think it's important to keep in mind to sacrifice a life of comfort and just fitting into the culture, which is not um, always comfortable and friendly towards Christians. And I, um, it's good to remember that normal is not always good, and what is right is not always normal. Instead of being discouraged by the hardship that I find and people who don't share my same views on Christianity, um, I'm, I try and be encouraged by it because I found that the, when I have the strongest opposition is when I'm following Christ most closely, that Satan certainly does not like for us to be following God and obeying him, and especially not teaching others. Um, but I found that often I'm not much for flashiness, so I'm not near, I'm not ever looking towards being the next Tim Keller or C.S. Lewis. But the daily sacrifices that I make are, I mean, I sometimes find someone come up to me and mention something that I didn't really know I did. In Matthew 25, verses 30 through 40, Jesus said, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So, I don't consciously... I can't consciously think about what I'm going to say each time I walk into a room or how I'm going to greet the next person I see. Um, but my all these interactions are influenced by my relationship with Christ. And my hope, my intent is that I love Christ so much that I won't, that my first thought won't be, oh, how can I speak to them about Jesus? But it'll be my first reaction would just be that through talking with someone, that they'll see that I love Christ and get to know him better. And when someone comes up to me and says, oh, wow, I can, I'm really 
can tell you're a Christian, or I can really tell you love Jesus, it's, it catches me off guard because you don't really expect someone, especially in a school setting, to come up and tell you that. But it's one of the most encouraging things. Augustine says, love God and do as you please, which um, is a simple way of stating that following God's commandments and loving him and intentionally drawing closer to him, you'll begin to love him more, and then your actions, regardless of how you think about them, will certainly, will certainly um, be reflective of that love. So carrying my own cross daily, I don't any longer view as a burdensome sacrifice of something that I've got to pick up and lug along and carry, but it's um, something that I get to do to, as walking with the relationship with Jesus. So everything I do is hopefully for God's glory, even though I mess up. So um, living in the Word is important. Christ says, I mean, Paul quotes Scripture often when he's confronting new groups of people. And it's, a, I mean, it's how God speaks, one of the ways God speaks and gives you insight. So it's another thing with making time and making, taking the sacrifice to, instead of watching TV or playing video games or hanging out with friends, to take time and read Scripture and to commit verses to memory. Because I know that just being able to, being in a tough situation and having a verse come to mind is really, really powerful thing. And it keeps you, it's a way of keeping you safe to know that, that this is absolute truth and you can always fall back on it. So the Lord calls us to each take up our crosses, but that's not possible if we're trying to be in control of our lives and to do everything ourselves. So the uh, next step is to sacrifice control. It's one of the harder things to do because I know that I want to be in control and I want to know what's going on and happen next and do things on my own terms. But that's not what God asks of me. So I've discovered through trial and painful error that when I actually do turn it over to him and let him have control, that it does work better, that life does work better and more glory is given to him. So the, only act, the only things we can do are to put our faith in him, in Jesus, and to know what he says to be true. So you put faith in him, then you believe that what he's saying is going to lead you in the right direction and give you the right instruction, and by obeying him, um, it'll be things will work out well. I've seen lives transformed and people healed, and the indescribable joy that reliance on Jesus creates. And I've seen how my own life has been transformed and changed. And I promise you, I wouldn't be standing here today, as I said earlier, if I didn't trust that Jesus would use both this sermon and everything that's led up to it for His glory. So the sacrifice for sins has been covered once and for all by Jesus' death and resurrection from the dead. And this sacrifice has, means that we're free to sacrifice just daily whatever we can to bring Him glory. And that it's a continual process. And it, the purpose is not to earn God's favor, something that we can never do, but just out of an act of thankfulness for all that he's done. Well, please stand.